for a trip to the national championship. Ogumawale. Good! One second remaining. No timeouts for UConn. Williams down the floor. Samuelson. Notre Dame with the win. Off to the title game. That was our next guest, Adam Amin, calling championship NCAA women's basketball, which was going to be his job for the next, I don't know, 30 years, but now he's the voice of the Chicago Bulls. Maybe he'll get to do both, and he joins us now on 720 WGN. Adam, congratulations. It's got to be an unbelievable feeling for a Addison, Illinois, Valpo University, Addison Trail High School kid to be named the voice of the Chicago Bulls. It's uh, it's it's still kind of surreal, guys. Uh, th- thanks for having me, and, and thanks for saying that. It's it is a very very weird feeling, and I mean that in the best way possible. It's uh, I, I wish I was a little bit more, you know, enthusiastic about all of it, you know, right at this moment. Kind of hard to be understanding, you know, the the circumstances around us. But in, in my own little micro bubble, like. I, I can't fathom that this is real yet, and it hasn't really sunk in. It probably won't for a while, and that's okay. You know, when, once we get basketball back, and once we start kind of getting back to some semblance of normalcy, I'm sure I'll feel it a lot more. But it's still un- just completely surreal. I'm still kind of speechless about all of this right now. It's great. Well, Adam, congratulations, and uh, we wish you the best in this. And I, now it kind of it sinks in, and you've got basically nine months to get ready for this job. Though you get some extra prep time, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're we're looking at uh, you know Dece- early December start uh, as it, as it stands right now. So nine months without competitive basketball for this for this team very strange. So yes, we'll definitely have a lot of time to prepare. Uh, the draft looks like it's going to take place in the middle of October, so that there will be some ramp up time for uh, for whoever joins this organization to to get ready as well. And you know we'll have some semblance of free agency after the end of this twenty uh, two team experiment, assuming it goes through. So. A lot of time for the Bulls to kind of get reorganized and a lot of time for the rest of us to kind of learn everything we can about it as we get set for a, a kind of shifted schedule for next season. So, Adam, I'm extremely jealous. I, I, I To be in your <laughs> shoes is, is, feels like the greatest shoes of all time. I mean, I grew up, we didn't have cable in my house because my dad thought that that would help me perhaps study, which was a false proposition. I was going to say, did that, did, that, did that experiment work or no? No, no that, that, was, that was a loser. But I appreciate the concept that, you know, education is important. But I just sat there, you know, in my bed listening to Jim Durham and Johnny Red mm-hmm. Kerr on the radio when that was simulcast. I'm a little bit older than you. But I'm, I'm so I'm curious, like, who would you say were some of the people that you grew up listening to, that you modeled yourself after, that got you excited about wanting to do this, all that stuff? Yeah, the voices of my childhood were were pretty simple. It was it was Harry Carey and Steve Stone and Tom Brenneman uh, and Ron Santo, and then eventually Pat Hughes uh, on Cubs broadcast. It was Pat Foley, who I did a really really bad imitation of every time I would do play by play for NHL '94 on Sega Genesis. Uh, it was uh, it was Neil Funk. You know, Neil was the voice of my childhood. He was uh, he, he was the guy that that I was connected to the most. By the time I was old enough to really understand what what this organization, this franchise was about in the nineties, it was Neil on the radio that my dad and I would listen to more often than not. And, and eventually Jim Durham became the biggest teacher for me. Uh, Jim obviously had a great run at ESPN radio 
uh, doing you know major games throughout the the season, including a ton of NBA Finals. I still have cassette tapes of Jim Durham and Dr. Jack Ramsey. You know, both both incredible broadcasters and obviously great basketball men. Uh, but I still have cassette tapes in my closet from listening to them and recording them off the radio, and and they were the voices that kind of shifted and molded and, and shaped what I eventually started to sound like when I got to college and was doing bad imitations of all of them. So. Uh, basically, and I, I think you guys would understand. I know Andy, you would understand this as well. When you first start broadcasting, you start doing play-by-play. You're you're just kind of crib noting <laughs> from all these other broadcasters that you listen to, or you. I like that phrase. I like I like his cadence. I like his rhythm. And then you try to figure out what you're supposed to sound like. And I don't doubt that I have a little bit of all of those announcers uh, throughout. You know, sprinkled throughout. Uh, various broadcasts I've been lucky enough to do. You know, it's so funny you bring up Jim Durham, too, because I, I do identify the first couple of times I did basketball on the radio, I found myself with foul line extended left, rimming no, and yes. there's all these things that Jim Durham used to say, and you think to yourself, okay, well, I can't copy this guy. I better try to make it my own a little bit here, but <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. But, you know, along those lines, too, Neil Funk, a guy that's been around the league for a long, long time, what, what kinds of things, did, if you've had a chance to talk to him, first of all, and uh, second of all, what kinds of things that he told you uh, just to kind of do to get ready for a, a long NBA season? You know, he, he was so gracious. I got a chance to speak with him uh, last week, and, and typical of Neil, and as is, uh, as is the case with everybody talking about him, was gracious and friendly and kind and encouraging, and that's all I could ever ask for. Uh, I, I, am, I am in no way, shape, or form replacing Neil Funk. That is not the case. Uh, there is no replacing Neil Funk. It's it, uh, succeeding him, following him, whatever, but there is no replacing that man. And, and I think uh, just him kind of letting me know what the grind is like a little bit, how to navigate through you know, various points. Where, you know, he, he was, again, so gracious to say when we, we get back to some semblance of normalcy, you know, we'll 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 have a, a dinner or two, and and I, I that, that's all you can really ask for, right? As a young broadcaster who's you know admittedly nervous about stepping into a role like this, not because I I don't feel like I have the confidence or the skill. It's this is important. This has weight. This is hometown. You know, this is this is my team essentially that I grew up with. So I want to do the job right. I want to do it well, and I want to do it in a way that honors the likes of Neil, Jim, Tom Dore. Johnny Kerr, Wayne Larravee, you know, the guys I all watch, you know, all those guys that I watched during all those sports channel and Fox and uh, channel nine broadcasts over the course of, uh, you know, my childhood, I want to do it right by them. I actually want to make a public apology right now to Tom Dore, who I had on my podcast. We had a great conversation after one of the last dances for about an hour. And I was so bitter that Jim Durham was no longer the voice of the Bulls that I that I that I never like you know and, and now we're doing all these replay games that every I'm, I'm listening to Durham I'm like ah the guy was pretty good yes, like he was. you know like I I was totally unfair to him I you know it's, Tall, tallest broadcast tallest broadcast team maybe ever right Durham yeah. and Johnny had to be maybe the tallest ever it, no question and those guys were were great friends which uh, I guess that's uh, part of your deal right you got to become good friends with Stacy King who's uh, a likable character is he not Adam. Oh yeah, it's going to be real difficult for, for for me to get along with him. That's uh, that's a brutal ask. I, I, I one of the things that made the transition into filling in for Neil, uh, and I and I imagine a lot of us who had the had the privilege of doing that over the last couple of seasons. I, I imagine all of us would say the same. Is along with the production crew, it was Stacy. You know, Stacy was so flexible and easy to deal with, and and just made everything feel so comfortable and he has that way about him. Some people just have this gift 
of making everybody around them feel like they've been friends for years. And I don't know how that gift gets uh, doled out, but Stacy has it. He has this way of making you feel like we've been buddies forever. And I hope he felt the same way when he and I had a chance to work together, you know, on, on all those occasions that we did. And uh, I, I felt it. I felt chemistry. I felt like he was, he was a friend. It, it didn't feel like I was doing a game with just an analyst. It felt like I was doing a game with a friend and that friend happens to be enthusiastic and insightful about the game that we happen to be covering. So I, I'm very thankful for, for Stacy to be the guy right there. And, and it's, it's so obvious why people love him. It's so obvious why people get along with him. You're around him for five minutes and you understand that. And he made me feel that way every single time we had a chance to do a game together. And I can't wait to, to make that you know a more frequent occurrence. Now, I know you're young, so I'm not really asking you to do a, a career reflection here. But, uh, I mean, you have to get, kind of feel real fortunate for, for the things that you've been exposed to. I mean, with ESPN now moving on to Fox and also being able to do these Bulls games, that's got to be like, uh, again, a, a pinch yourself kind of moment. Undoubtedly, Andy, it's, I'm, I'm very lucky, and and I I I don't mean it to to diminish like hard work because I I do feel like I worked very hard. I've been going 100 miles an hour since I was 18 years old, and and first started doing this uh, in college at Valpo, like you mentioned, Carm. I I just I'm not diminishing hard work, and I'm uh, I'm not you know saying that it doesn't require that. But I got a lot of breaks. I had a lot of people in my corner who who took chances when they certainly were had no obligation to. And you need that sometimes. There are a lot of talented people out there that maybe just haven't had that break uh, for someone to notice them or someone to give them an opportunity. And, and it could be very easily somebody else, you know, talking to you on this on this beautiful Saturday right now about about this job. So I'm very very thankful for the breaks that I've been fortunate enough to get, and I'm just glad that they they landed me here. This is one of those pinch yourself, you know, hope hope to do this for a long time type of things. Yeah, well, hard work does lead to breaks sometimes too. So just keep keep that in mind, and I'm sure you know that. And, and as we <laughs> we pile on the love fest here, Adam, again, congratulations! I love that you did this from Valparaiso and not from Syracuse. No disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> no, no disrespect to all my good Syracuse friends. Yeah, me too. Me too. I have many of them, yeah. but uh, you know, it's just nice to see somebody do it from not the 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 Harvard quote unquote of broadcasting. It, it is it, it is possible to do. From, no, I, I went to I went to the Harvard. Of Northwest Indiana, as, as I'm sure they'd like to like to be referred to as, as Valpo. Like, no, I'm, I, it's a Midwest thing. I'm glad. I'm glad I went to a Midwest school. I'm glad I've I've worked a lot in the Midwest. I'm glad I got my start in Iowa. Uh, you know, the only time I've really ventured out has been New Jersey. But I I'm, I'm thankful to be a Midwest guy, and I, I'm thankful to be from here. Got to represent the Valley, you know. Absolutely. Come you know, the Major knows. Yeah. Major knows doing all those Loyola games. When and he, he and I first met yeah. all those years ago exactly. when, when Andy was the voice of the men's basketball team. <laughs> you got that right. Can, can, will you uh, just give a little, uh, for those who don't know you as well, Adam, just uh, your your background, and I know that your dad meant a ton to you and you know, coming over to this country and giving you an opportunity. and uh, it's it's not you're, you're not the standard guy that's sitting in the seat here. It's a little bit different. I, I, I mean, I don't know how unique my story is because I feel like everybody has a little bit of this story in them, you know. But my dad was a, a Pakistani immigrant, came over to the states in late '78, uh, uh, left his wife and three kids in Pakistan because he didn't have enough money to, set, you know, bring all of them over at the same time. So he came to the states in '78, became a Cub fan, a very sad, depressed Cub fan for a long time, and then in uh, in '85, he finally had had made enough money to send for my mom, my three brothers. I was born in, in late 86, and uh, I, I, had, I, I had the best 
you know, the best dad around. 31 years, I had a, uh, a very encouraging, supportive fan as a father. You know, and that was that was maybe the most satisfying thing of all of this. You know, the first time I called the Bulls game, first time I called an NBA game was a Bulls game uh, at the United Center for ESPN. And I just, uh, I remember coming back uh, back to my own apartment, you know, just because I was down the street and having a, a phone call from my dad and, and just being able to talk to him about that. And I think, uh, you know, I, I certainly wish you were here to see this, but I feel like this would have been a really cool moment for him. Not not to say that this would be the definition of everything that he worked for, but I do feel like he would feel like there was a lot of value in, in getting to see his son do something like this. I think he'd think it pretty, it'd be pretty cool. And I recommend uh, people check out if they want to look out up the piece that you wrote about your father. It was it was beautiful, and uh, yeah, I just appreciated somebody putting that type of stuff out there, vulnerable. And you know, you talk to him before games. Are you still doing that, Adam? Is is that part of your your ritual before you go? Yeah, the last couple of years, it's been uh, you know, national anthem comes around. I know it's uh, the the anthem for other people has meant something else, and I know that's kind of at the center of a lot of the conversation we're having. But for me, the last couple of years, it's been a time to just silently uh talk you know with 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 him and it's uh it's a nice time to reflect more than anything else and i I appreciate that moment that we get to have before every broadcast it's really cool always with you man right i mean yeah they're that's that's the beauty of parents even when they're not around they're still you you care you carry them wherever you go congrats again adam thanks so much for taking time tonight to be on and we're looking forward to hearing you and Hopefully the Bulls will have a little bit of a better roster <laughs> for you to call as well. I think they will. I think we're pointing in the right direction here. It's, it, but uh, yeah, uh, do you do you? By the way, last question: Do you do you like what the NBA is doing as far as the plan? Do you think they'll? You think everything they're doing is making sense as far as going to Orlando? Yeah, I think the I think the way that they've they've structured it, the, the infrastructure in Orlando is really conducive to making this work. So that's good. Uh, I think they've been out in front of a lot of planning and, and they're in a position to read and react. You know, that's, that's the biggest thing in times like this with the medical uncertainties that, that everybody's dealing with right now, the ability to read the situation and react accordingly and plan for all these contingencies. Uh, I, I think it'll be very fascinating to format a lot like European soccer, it seems like. So it'll be exciting for sure. Uh, not my preference, but it's nobody's preference. Obviously, we'd love to be you know, going normal right now and being in the middle of the NBA Finals. But I do like what the NBA has done. I think it's a good plan so far. Hopefully, they'll be able to plan for any contingencies. Certainly better than what baseball's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Adam, thanks a lot. Congrats again. Appreciate you being on. Mark, Andy, thanks, boys. Appreciate you. Adam, yeah, thanks. Adam Amin, the new TV voice for your Chicago Bulls. Coming on back here, team... By the way, uh, yes. I, I, I didn't know you had that level of Jim Durham love, but then I was thinking back to like Mazer basketball play by play, and I remember you like said something like off the deck or some yep. s- some yeah. some Durham reference. Hey, I was like, stuff sticks with you when you listen to this. You know, you listen to their games, especially down on the West Coast. You have the transistor going. I'm dating myself, of course, but you hear these things. You know, you know, you take them with you. He was phenomenal. He was awesome. He was phenomenal. Hey, uh, so the NBA is coming back. What does that look like? Does it make sense? Will they make it through? It's uh, they've got some interesting stuff on the dock. We'll talk about that coming back. Seven twenty WGN.